So let's just get back to our series uh, on wisdom. This is a quote from Einstein. The most important decision we make is whether we believe we live in a friendly or hostile universe. So Einstein makes this comment, and basically he's saying the most important thing in our lives is our perspective of where we are. So uh, you could be uh, living in the slums of, I don't know, some country as a as a, a street child, and you you could feel that your life is getting better because you found five dollars on the street. For most of, for the rest of us, we're like, well, actually, no, that's not really good because you're living on the streets. It's perspective. Does that make sense? Perspective, it's it's a choice. I have a choice um, to to choose how I see the world I live in. I heard this little funny story. There was this guy. Um, it, there was a power cut, and he lost his keys. So he's in his house fumbling around on the floor, uh, and, and um, one of the, the bulb had gone, and he, and he couldn't find his keys. And he looked outside, and there was a street light on. So he thought, I need to stand in the light, because then I can go and find my keys better. So he went out into the street and started looking around in the street for his keys. And his neighbor came out and said, what are you doing? He said, I'm looking for my keys. And he's like, all right. He said, why are you looking for your keys here? He said, because the light's better. I can see what I'm doing. And then his neighbor said, where did you lose your keys? He said, I lost them in the house. He said, so why are we outside? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like looking for something in the right place, but the problem is not outside, the problem is inside. Uh, it's a bit like, um, you know, you go to the GP because you're having, you know, problems and stress with your family and, 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 the, and the GP writes prescriptions for your mother-in-law and, and for your father-in-law and for your kids and doesn't write you one. Uh, because so often we look for the problems in our world to be fixed by the people outside of our world, not by the people, uh, not by what's inside of us. That makes sense. You know, w w wise people are able to look at the situation and think about how do I infect, how do I influence the environment where I am. So if I'm in a negative environment, it's not about the people around me. It's about how I fit into that environment that counts first. You know, wise wisdom is is about you know about learning to how to to um, to to relate to the environment where God has put you. The hardest lesson I've learned in my 44 years of life is that God will put me in situations that are more about me than about the people in my world. That's so annoying because I'm always right and no one else is. Do you know what I mean? Everyone else is wrong. Amen? Okay. But I, I, I'm having to learn through wisdom and through the hearing the voice of God, well, actually, no, this, is, this situation is about for me to change. I'm in a in a situation with well, we have a we have a, a national organisation called Acts that oversees our churches, uh, and I I have at time have struggled to fit into that environment because they're all from very well off families, they're all very well educated, and they're from Surrey. Anybody else from Surrey? No, I'm from Seven Beach, right? Seven Beach is this little place full of jippos. Is there any gypsies in the room? No, I can say that. I've met, I, I preached at a gypsies church, and we actually got on really well. Um, but you know what I mean, I, I have these defaults about who I am. So my reaction to when I go to that environment is about they need to exchange to accept me. 
well, maybe God has put me in that environment to challenge them. But the, 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 I'm learning that wisdom says that maybe I need to change. Maybe I need to do some things in my life so that I can fit into the environment where God has placed me. I will always be Mike. I will always be slightly blunt and saying the inappropriate things and, yeah, and that kind of stuff. That's just the way God's wired me. But, but wisdom is actually saying, well, actually, no, Mike, don't keep blaming them. Don't keep blaming them. Don't keep saying they've done this, they've done that, she's done this. No, no, what do I need to do? What do I need to change? I, I heard, I uh, was listening to um, a podcast about a guy, and, uh, and uh, he, he went to a, a, a drug counseling uh, seminar and a group, and he said the one thing they said is there's no justification of resentment in this group. Basically saying that, that we can't carry, we can't justify the things that we carry from our past hurts. I'm not saying they don't hurt. I'm not saying the things that have happened to me in my life don't hurt and don't affect me. But if I'm a Christian, I'm a new creation, I have to leave those things behind. For me, personally, that's a challenge. Because some of those things are who, what I feel make up who I am. Like if you want to pick a fight with me, we'll have a fight. If you want to wind me up, I will wind you up back. That's just my personality. And my mum says, Mike, just shut up and keep your head down. Um, but I'm learning that I, I have to start to leave those things behind because wisdom and knowing the heart of God says that I need to become a new person. Amen? Uh, 1 Peter 5.10 says, After you have suffered a little while, the God of grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore you, confirm you, strengthen you, and establish you. Whatever you're going through, however big or however small, uh, Bill shared it last week with the situation he's got with Jill with her uh, uh, broken back. Is that God, and uh, he's got every right to, God will use that situation for his glory. And I believe that people will get saved from meeting this amazing couple in waiting rooms. There's nothing like being stuck in a waiting room with Bill because he will preach the gospel at you. And if it's the NHS, you're going to be stuck there for a while, so you're going to get it. I do, honestly, I do believe people are going to find salvation through your situation. And the situation isn't great. It's not what he wanted and that kind of stuff. But, but God is going to be strength and fly, strengthen them and glorify himself through this situation. Whatever you're going through, if we're to build a culture of wisdom, we enter the trials, of God, the trials in our world and say, God, you're with us and God, you're doing something here. A culture of wisdom says, yes, it's difficult. Yes, it's hard, but God, you're in this. Or, God, I can't find you right now in this moment. Let me gather people around me that can pray with me, can help me to find you in this season. I've had to do that in this season of my life. I've, my mum's been great. People have been great. My mum, I don't understand this. And mum's like, just keep going. Just this is what, this is what, this is what. If we're to build a culture of wisdom in this church, it has to be a culture that's based on forgiveness. You know, a snake bite doesn't kill you. It gives you two or three or whatever, four punching wounds in your arm, and it hurts. It's not the snake bite that kills you. It's the venom from the snake that kills you. It's not, it's not the offense that kills you. 
It's the carrying of the offense that kills you. It's the fact that you can say, they did this to me four years ago. And I'm never going to let them get away with it. It's the venom of carrying that in your life that destroys you. It doesn't mean that things don't hurt. I think that's one of the things that Christianity is we've, we've preached on the platform of basically a gospel of just get over it, which is I don't believe in. I believe in a God of restoration, a God of love, and a God of grace. But I, I, I think the better way to say it is let God deal with it. Let him come into those places in your life where you've been bitten, but you've never dealt with the venom that's left from that bite. If we are to build a culture of wisdom in this church, we have to be forgiving people. But I, what I mean by forgiving people isn't people that just say, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that you just poured a cup of coffee across my 10,000 pound sound desk. Jesus loves you. No, it does matter. Just wreck my sound desk. And I want to go and wreck you, and uh, we need to talk about this. Do you know what? Like, forgiveness is talking about the offense. I told you time and time again not to bring a cup of coffee behind the sound desk, Dan. <laughs> told you time and time again don't to do this. And, and I love you, but I am angry with you. That's, that's love. You know what I mean? My kids know that when they are rude to their mother, I am coming after them because I love them and because they need to go back and apologize to their mother. But sometimes in Christianity, we can either go one way and be too loving and don't challenge the behavior, or we just, or we just you know, go too far the other way and, and, and try and destroy people. We have to find the wisdom of grace in the middle of this to challenge people to say, no, but we love you, and this is where we want you to go. That's a culture of wisdom. And to be a group of people that can say, actually, that hurt, they didn't understand that, and I'm not going to carry that Or, okay, I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to park it. And we'll come back to that some other time, but I just, I've just got grace for you. It's a bad week. doesn't, you know, bad day, bad five minutes. I'm just going to walk away. I love you. Proverbs 2, 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so he will be. It, because if you are a person that is a, not a person of grace, that is what will be. I mean, if you don't think in a graceful manner, in a, that's what your heart will become. You know, as, as I think and as I be, that's who I become. So if, if I'm going to be the reactional leader, which I can be, that's who I will become. That's, that's how my thought process is. And I'm trying to rewire, renew my mind to be more in tune with what God wants my mind to be so that I can be the person that God wants to be. Because I want the principles of God to be in my heart, not the principles of man and not the principles of the situation, but godly wisdom to reign through me. Luke 6.37 says, do not judge others as, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or it will come back to against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Now, we can take this verse, like, um, to, we, like we've got to get wisdom around this, right? Because we are called to be salt and light to the world, okay? I can't be salt and light to the world if I don't bring a challenge to it. 
You know, uh, uh, you know, often Christian people that have been around church will throw that back in your face. You can't judge me. Well, no, I can't judge you. No, I can't. No, but I can love you and bring you wisdom. And you can do whatever you want with that, but I can love you and bring you wisdom. I, I, I can show respect for you for the enough that I'm actually going to point out the things in your life that aren't going well. I've got a few friends at the moment that are going through interesting things within their marriages and within their life. And, uh, and, and I'm graciously trying to bring a challenge from heaven to that situation. Well, actually, I still love you and I still really value you and you're still a really good friend, but I wouldn't do what you're doing. I'm going to bring a godly judgment to that situation, but that judgment comes from a, a place of love, not from a place of judgment. Do you see what I mean? We're often, you know, we've got it wrong as a church. We've either been too liberal or we haven't brought the authority and judgment of God. To the, do you know what I mean? Wisdom helps you balance those two and discernment helps you balance it, God's discernment, so that we can shape a culture and shape our, help our young people become great men and women of God. How are we doing? Am I okay? A culture of wisdom is a culture of hope. I love this. No one knows, no one knows enough to be a pessimist. I just thought it sounded cool. <laughs> Psalm uh, 119, uh, 105 says, Your lamp is a lamp for my feet, and you are a light of my path. A culture of wisdom is a group of people that has hope regardless of the situation. I, I, I think in this season, I, I think I was talking to a friend of mine who's uh, high up within Hillsong, and he was talking to Brian Houston. I said, yeah, I know Bri well. Yeah, me and, me and Bri, me, yeah, me, Bri and Bill often get together. No. <laughs> um, but they're rethinking how they do church. They've become a great church. Hillsong have got, Hillsong, like, regardless of what you think of them, they changed the face of church. Their, their global worship and music is phenomenal. But they're actually having to reevaluate it because they're saying, are people more attracted to the music and, and to the, the performance than they are to God? What is it that this generation really need? And they need hope. So we were there, they're saying that we need, to re, we need to rethink and try and create an environment, a culture of hope. So whatever we do within our church and within our, our, our Sunday service is about reconnecting people back to the hope of Christ. And that's what Wales needs. I don't think Wales necessarily needs Faith Church to become the next Hillsong. It doesn't need Wales to become the next Mosaic. Or what it needs, what it needs Faith, what God wants Faith Church to be, is a place of hope, a place of transformation, a place where people can walk into this environment and have a cup of coffee and a donut before the service and feel hope, feel that they are loved and they are valued. And that love and that hope and that value comes from heaven. A culture of wisdom is a creative culture. When you close your mind to what God can do in you and through you, you close your mind to, to creativity. 
like people say to me, well, I'm not creative because we define creativity as whether you're going to be the next painter or the next, I know, poet or the next rapper. I'm going to become a gangster rapper, by the way. <laughs> no. We we pigeonhole creativity as these things. I, everybody in this room is is a, is um, creative. You're building something. You're building something around you. It might be through your your role as a mother or as a father. It might be through your role as a business person. It might be through your role as a student. And whatever you're doing, you are creating something. A culture of wisdom is knowing that we are called to do something and we apply godly wisdom to the thing that we are creating around us. I don't want to create the Mike Taylor thing. I do, actually, because it would be living in Alaska by the sea so I could go surfing every day. That would be so cool. <laughs> that's my plan. But that's not God's. God's creative to me is to build this community called Faith and to have a vision that Faith will have churches all across South Wales and that we are building a business model within this church that we can say to Valley's churches, we can help you become a community b uh, center, a community charity where you, you can raise finances through the resources that God has left to you over the last hundred years of your chapel that can then be released back out into your community. Wouldn't it be great that every rugby, junior rugby team in the whole of Southeast Wales is sponsored by a church? that has Faith Church on their shirts because Faith Church is able to create enough money through its wisdom and through its business like and its creativity in this building that we can say to Whitehead's Rugby Club, what is your kit sponsor? A thousand pound, there you are, go and buy a kit and tell you every one of your parents and every one of your church that God bought that rugby kit for them. That's my creativity. People say, I just feel that God has put that on me. Uh, if you go to... Um, I think it's Ebervale Rugby Club. If you go to their try line on the side on the billboard, it says Jesus laid it on the line for you, right on the try line. They pay £500 a year to put that on there because they feel that God has allowed them to make money and resources through the rental of their building and they're using it to promote the name of Jesus across Wales. That's my creativity. That might not be yours. It might be making cakes and going around to your neighbor and saying, do you want a cup of tea and a cake? I've just made a, I've just made a tin loaf. Is that what is that what it called? I don't know. Just made some muffins. I'm coming around with some muffins, and we're going to sit, and we'll talk, and I'll share life, and we'll talk about parents, and we'll eat muffins together. That might be your creativity. We are all creative people. You know, I think there's two, there's two drums in our head. You know, two beats that we can walk to. We can walk to the... The beat of this world, which is all about me, all about me protecting my family, me making sure my family is safe, me, 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 me. That I have the best car, that I have the best this, and the me, me, me. Or we can live to the one true drum that's beat by the guy who's the creator of the universe, God. That says, it's not about you, Mike, it's about my son. And it's about if you allow me to work through you to demonstrate the grace and love of my son to the world that you live in, you are going to live the most crazy, amazing life you never thought you could ever live. Yes, I can't promise you it won't take sacrifice. I can't promise you it won't take pain. I can't promise you that every day you'll have enough money. But I tell you, you're connecting with the creator of the universe. That's the drum I want to walk to. That's the beat that I want in my head.
One beat is on a path of death, to be blunt. The other beat is on a path of life. Whatever happens to my physical body, if I follow God's plan for my life, I live in eternity with him. I'm just going straight towards life. You know, Amber, is Amber in the room? No. You know, I don't want to get to the end of my life knowing that there's something inside of me that should have come out. I, I, I don't want to be one of these Christians that on my deathbed said I had a dream. I, I want to explore every dream that God gives me. And I hope that we're building a culture within this church that when people follow their dreams and they fail, we don't condemn them. We say, good on you for having a go. Let's pray a little bit longer before we have another go, shall we? And let's try this. What do we learn? What do we learn through this failure? What do we learn through this mistake? We learn this. Well, let's try again. Let's go again. Let's go again. I want us to be the church of the risk takers. I want us to be a church of hope. And I want us to be a creative church. I was talking to my friend, Robbie Howells, who runs the Warehouse Church. And um, we, we average about 60 to 70 on a Sunday. And do you know what the really sad thing about that is that's the average size of church in Wales. We're actually on the bigger side. not good, is it? I can drive 25 minutes across a bridge to Bristol where the average size is about two, 300. Yeah, I, can, uh, I grew up there. I know how so many churches are over 100. But I look around, especially around Newport, and uh, there's not many, and it's not, I know it's not all about numbers. Get me right. I'm not all about numbers. But there's something that's holding our nation back, isn't there? There's something that's kind of like forcing us down that's not allowing us to break through. And I think that we need to be the breakthrough church. Because if we break through, people will follow through afterwards. And it's going to take wisdom. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take grace for the people that we do church with. Because we're going to have to try a few things. We might get it wrong, right, we might get it wrong. But we need to have grace for one another. But it's also going to take commitment. Now, I'm not going to ask you to be at church every day. But I'm asking to make a commitment. 2020, I'm committed to faith. Okay, it isn't exactly everything I thought it was going to be, but I'm going to commit to this thing because I, I know that when God sees my commitment, God will release something through me. Because we've got to break through, church. We've got to break through. Because there's so many people in our nation that, are, that once were in church and are out of church. There's so many... Young people that are going through issues that the church is the 100% answer to it. The teenage pregnant statistics, where was the church? Not, not protesting outside some abortion, but where was the church with loving arms for these people? Where was the church for the homeless situation in Newport? Where was the church for the business people in Cardiff if they're getting led astray? Where was the church for the thousands of young guys and girls that played rugby this morning? I'm so privileged I get to coach rugby, and they know me as the vicar. You know, I'm in there on a Saturday, and I'm, they, I, I don't, I'm glad that we're, you know, there's people called like Garen Jenkins that are in the rugby world that 
would have prayed for the guys that have been playing this morning. I'm glad that God is making a breakthrough, but we've got to stand up and take our place with wisdom, love, and grace. Let's stand to our feet.